the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God's desire is life with you for the sake of his name. And so he went to an extreme measure to make that possible. He sent his son. And his son, Jesus, lived a perfect life. He didn't sin. And then he died on a cross to take your punishment so you wouldn't have to. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Well, good morning, church. Welcome to worship. I'm glad you're here on our central campus. We've got folks worshiping on two other campuses at our Six Mile campus, our Lake Carroll campus, and then lots of folks still joining us online. And then all of what we call your cloud crowd. I was taught this week that it's important that I remember that... um, why I have the privilege to speak to all of you who hear this, the reality is the impact potential is all of those people that you interact with. Um, And for most of us, that's probably about 120 people in a week, they say. So just uh, multiply what we experience in this setting to our crowd cloud. And I uh, I think we can ask God to do something pretty special. Like the words to the song that we just sang. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. All thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Just think about what that's saying. Everything that God does is for the purpose of bringing glory or honor to his name. And that's the focus of our time together today. The message I've titled, Calls Your Name to be Hallowed. I want us to pray once more before I read this passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 6. And as we come to the end of my prayer, I'm going to invite you to join me. If you're familiar with what we call the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, it'll be obvious when I give you that invitation. Let's pray together. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to just be in your presence and to hear the saints sing praise to you. We understand intellectually that you are with us because you are within us, Holy Spirit. And, and yet there's something about coming together and realizing we're not alone in this journey, that we're together 
with the saints. And that, that saint word doesn't mean that we've got it all figured out, but, but that we've got you, Jesus, and that, that changes everything. So, oh, we just love you, and we, we're grateful for this opportunity. But at the same time, we come knowing we need you. Oh, God, we need you. As the song says, every hour we need you, every minute we need you, every second we need you. When we don't acknowledge it, we need you, and yet now we're acknowledging it. So, God, give us those things that we need that we don't have. And teach us those things that we desperately need to know that we don't know. But most importantly, do what only you, the, the one true God, can do. Transform us. Lord, we don't need another religious service. We certainly don't need empty ritual. But out of a deep relationship, would you change us? And begin with me, Lord. So even in these moments, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart please you. And God, just as you have been my redeemer, may you, may you redeem someone today forever. Would you save someone? May, may the light bulb of salvation come on in such a way that they are, they are called to call on your name. And for the rest, those who are saved. God, may this be a day that changes us as you teach us to pray, even as you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. That word which means so be it. And so that's our prayer. And God, we say, let it be so. The disciples came to Jesus. We have it recorded in Luke chapter 1 where they ask him, Lord, Teach us to pray. They've just watched him return from something that's part of his daily habit, which, by the way, if a visible time, if a particular moment, a, a, a place of prayer was part of the habit of our Lord, how much more should it, it be a part of, of what we do? And, and so that's what the disciples saw, that, hey, something happens to Jesus after these times where he's been in prayer. So, Jesus, teach us to pray like that. And Matthew records his answer in the midst of what we call the Sermon on the Mount, this incredible message that can guide so much of our life. And we find that in Matthew chapter 6. I want to begin reading there this model prayer of Jesus. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 9, in this manner or in this way or like this is how you should pray. Therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. Last week, we jumped into this most familiar prayer in all the world. And we learned something significant. We learned that when you pray, everything in prayer hinges on relationship. So that first phrase teaches us a lot. It begins with our Father, and we're taught that prayer is something personal. So prayer isn't something really that's available to anyone. Prayer is available to those who have a, a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And and that in and of itself may be a newsflash to some of you. It may be different because we would think anyone can pray. And yet Scripture teaches that prayer is a, a personal vehicle through which we communicate uh, with God. But it's not just personal. It's not private. Because when he teaches us to pray, he says, our Father. And one of the mistakes we make in prayer is that we make it all about us. We make it just personal. And and yet when Jesus is teaching us to pray, he's reminding us, this isn't about you. This is not selfish. This is not something you go to God and he's just your genie in a bottle. And you you, you pray as part of a family and you, you're praying together with others. We're praying to our Father, but we're praying to our Father who is in heaven. And that says so much about the perspective with which we pray. Because we're communicating with one who's sovereign, who knows what we do not know, who's done what we could not do, who sees what we do not see. Today, we're not going to make it very far. We just advance four more words. That next phrase Hallowed be your name. Father tells us to whom we're praying. Our tells us with whom we're praying. Hallowed be your name tells us why we're praying. Now, for some of you, you're already confused because all your life, you just, they said it so fast. You thought it said, our Father in heaven, Howard is your name. And, and so... I've just, man, you've had a great moment there of clarity. It's not Howard, but it's hollowed. And, and this is interesting, isn't it? Because that's not a word we use in our common language. And yet, even in many of your more modern translations, you still have that. I, why? It's simple. We don't have a better word. <laughs> there, there's not a better way to describe what Jesus was saying here. This idea of sacredness, of set-apartness, of, of differentness, uniqueness. It describes value and worth beyond anything we could imagine. He's making it clear that the sacred is different from the secular. Something that perhaps we've lost in our faith journeys, understanding that this call to follow after God, this pursuit of holiness will require it sometimes that we walk away from that which is familiar and secular and of our day to embrace that which can only come from God and that we can only know through him. Hollywood be your name. Your name is special, isn't it? I can remember as a little child being told that I was named after Paul and Stephen in the Bible. 
And there were some characters I learned about quickly because of that. So Paul, the apostle, will read some of his writings inspired by the Spirit of God even today. But then Stephen, one of the first deacons, and he was the first martyr of the Christian faith. And the book of Acts tells us that that Paul is standing there overseeing, kind of watching as Stephen is getting stoned. And so when I learned that, I began to realize at an early age, that's why sometimes I feel schizophrenic. I don't, I don't know which, which way I'm going. And, and then I have my name Purvis. And, and that name Purvis, um, it, it, it means even more to me in this last year plus as my dad's got his new address in heaven. Because I look at his life and I, I see what a good name he has. And, and Solomon said a good name is, is better to be chosen than great riches. And man, my dad had a good name. And I, I want to have that name. I, I've spent most of this week with uh, a small group of others just taking a deep dive into knowing myself better. Because in, in whatever journey I have left, and none of us know that, but I know this, I'm, I'm in the the final quarter probably, reality. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm going toward the finish line. And, and so I want to make my name make a difference. Our name is is special to us, and, and that's why some would say that your name is the, the most sacred sound that you could hear someone else say. That That's why we kind of get sad if someone doesn't remember our name, or, or if they say our name wrong, it, it may upset us. We like to hear our name. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says, the Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Now, I don't have time to, to go around and point each of you out today. And in fact, I, I can't remember everybody's name. And, and so I want you to hear it, though, okay? I, I want you to hear your name. So on the count of three, all of us, we're just going to say our name because we like to hear our name. There's nothing like hearing your name. So you got the assignment. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, that's such a beautiful sound. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your name. And there's something unique about you, right? I, I said, I, I'm trying to know myself better because I realize that God put me on this planet to do something that no one else can do. And, and the, the crazy thing about that is I get sidetracked. It's just most of us spend so much of our life trying to be somebody else, trying to do stuff like someone else where God made you unique. Oh, hope you discover that. Well, there's this website called howmanyofme.com and you can go to that website and put in your name and see how many people and I see some of you doing that right now go ahead get it over with but howmanyofme.com you see how many different people have your name uh, in the US so I did that and it was deflating there's 197 other Paul Purvises 
That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Just here in the U.S. And my name's Scottish, so who knows how many of us there are in Scotland. Wow. But then uh, yesterday was our gotcha day, and that means that four years ago, our, our baby girl, Anaya, uh, she was legally adopted into our family. And so guess what happens on that day? Her name changed. And uh, not only did she get our last name, we gave her an additional name. So she's got three names, uh, Anaya, Faith, Nicole, uh, Purvis. And so we gave her that name of Faith, and she's got that name of Purvis. And so I looked her up. Guess what? There's just one Anaya Purvis, (laughs) but they didn't have to tell me that. I already knew that, right? That she's something else. Well, we love our name and so does God. And so I, I think it's no mistake that he begins this model of how to pray by saying, hallowed be your name. That's why the psalmist says in Psalms 8, 1, Lord, Our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. So there it is, the the introductory, descriptive phrase, right? Our Father in heaven, uh, hallowed be your name. You're holy. Is that what this is about? That's what a lot of us have thought for most of our lives. And some of you came up in a Catholic background and you were even taught the Our Father. And, and, and so a lot of us, like I told you before, I used to pray that at Little League baseball games. And, and we kind of fly right over that. And we think, is this just about describing who God is? And the answer is no. It's, it's more than that. This is far more than a phrase just to be glossed over. This, I believe, is the key to unlocking the power of prayer in your life. In fact, if if you get one thing today, I want you to walk away understanding that truth. Hallowing the name of God is the key to power in your prayer life. This is what I think Jesus was saying. If you hallow the name of God, then you will be able to live as a citizen of his kingdom and do his will. If you hallow the name of God, then your daily needs begin to be met. If you hallow the name of God, you begin to unleash and be unleashed from unforgiveness. If you hallow the name of God, you experience deliverance. Do you see why this is so important? It's a different way of thinking than what many of us have thought. It's the key. Let me unpack it a little bit. First of all, I think Jesus is teaching us to praise his name, right? God loves the praise of his people. Some of you even heard that phrase, God inhabits the praise of his people. I've taught you that that means to be enthroned. So God sits back as we praise him and he loves it. Just like when someone praises you and and they saying nice things and you're going, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it some more. Yeah. And that's what God wants. He loves to hear his name praised. But he's saying more than that. He's saying that your prayer should be centered on him. Prayer should be God-centered. And many of us fall down even here. Because it's all about us, what we want, what we need, what we think. So this is not a surprise, though, if you've been in a church setting. A lot of us have been taught patterns of prayer, like the Acts model. Adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication. What does it begin with? 
adoration. That's praise. Or, or maybe you were taught the model pray, which is praise, uh, repentance, asking, and then yielding. What does it begin with? Praise. So it, it makes sense. We've heard this idea that when we go to God in prayer, we should praise him first. And he loves this. His name is praiseworthy. In Psalms 111 and verse 9, it says, holy and awesome is his name. But God's names are more than titles. They're speaking to us about who he is. His character. His will. So when he introduces himself to Moses in that fiery moment at the burning bush, he simply says, I am. In other words, I was, I am, I forever will be. The Jewish people in the ancient Hebrew days could not even utter that name. Yahweh, they would write, or Jehovah. In a lot of your English Bibles, it's translated, the Lord. The Lord. 7,000 times we have that name in the Old Testament alone. God's name. But that's not the only one, is it? You remember some of the other ones. El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. Elion, the Most High God. Adonai, Lord Master. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Shema, the Lord is there. Elolam, the everlasting God. Elohim, God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. And then we just think of those attributes of God, those things that draw us into his presence, like his grace and his mercy, his majesty. Maybe you're overwhelmed with his sovereignty, that he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, or his omnipotence, that he's all-powerful, or his omniscience, omnipresence, that he's ever-present, that he's always here, his omnibenevolence, that he's all-loving, all these things just make us hold on to and, and praise the name of God. Here's what I want you to do. You got to hear your name. And when I count to three this time, I just want you to shout out something about God, a name of God or an attribute of God that just draws you closer into his presence. You got the assignment? Here we go. One, two, three. All right. You did that kind of half-heartedly. So we're going to do that again. So the assignment is this. This is something that excites you about who God is. So maybe it's one of those attributes I went through. Maybe it's a name that you call him. Maybe it's what you he means to you. One, two, three. Let me hear you, church. He is worthy of our praise. We must definitely learn to praise the name of God. But Jesus is teaching us more. It's not all this is about. Jesus is teaching us also to prioritize his name. When you look at how this is written, it's literally saying, let your name be hallowed. Or make your name be hallowed. Or perhaps even more clearly, 
cause your name to be hallowed. And and so that moves us beyond what many of us thought of this passage, that it was a descriptor of God, that this is a proclamation about God or an acclamation of who he is. No, this is part of the petition. This is the beginning prayer. Remember, because until God causes us to see his name as holy, we have no chance as living as a kingdom citizen. We have no chance of accomplishing his will. Our daily needs are not going to be met. We're not going to forgive and be forgiven. We're not going to experience deliverance. So we want to cause his name to be holy. It's, it's Father, cause your name to be sacred in me. It's, it's a heart issue. It's really getting to the heart of the issue. It's about governance. And that's why I think this could be one of the most important teachings that you hear from Scripture. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.